So even small things can bring a lot of joy. And just knowing the people that you're giving gifts to is, is really important. You are listening to the Financial Clarity for Doctors podcast by Finity Group, LLC, where we discuss the pertinent financial planning topics facing physicians and other medical professionals. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, and now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Vanderzanden and Corey Janoff. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Financial Clarity for Doctors. We're going to talk about the holidays a little bit today. It's intended to be kind of lighthearted and more fun than anything else. We are also recording this on video as well as audio. So if you want to see a video of us and our like funky you know, holiday get-ups, feel free to tune in on YouTube as well as where you usually listen to your podcasts. And Corey is here with me too. Say hi, Corey. Hey, everyone. (laughs) So we just wanted to talk a little bit about how the holidays should be fun and not filled with stress and financial worries and a few ways that hopefully we can work towards that. And also maybe a couple of quick anecdotes from our own personal lives. Corey, you want to start a little bit? Yeah. So holidays can be a great time of cheer and joy, but also, like you mentioned, stress and anxiety. Um, between traveling around to visit family members that you may not necessarily want to fly across the country and fight people in airports for, to just the pressure to give gifts, um, which sometimes is unnecessary. Like my brothers and I have resorted to just exchanging Amazon gift cards with each other, which is pretty pointless at this point to do. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I think... uh, you know, maybe let's start it off on a fun note and, and, and share some stories about some of our most memorable gifts that we've either received or, or gave. And because uh, uh, I think that's the key is making the memories. You know, we can always just go buy material things on Black Friday sales that we use briefly and then discard. But I think if we can create some lasting memories, that that's going to be what uh, has the most impact on your long-term happiness. So Rochelle, you got any any uh, any fun gifts stories for us? Yeah, I think the funny thing is, is that when you have little kids at least, so I have a four-year-old and last year she was three, but the funniest thing with them is that it really doesn't matter how much you spend or what you give them. What matters is that like it's something that they enjoy and they enjoy almost anything. Like they just love everything that you get them. I feel like at that age. So last year we literally tracked down this $20 scooter that had Elsa on it, of course, from frozen (laughs) because despite the fact that I don't want characters all over everything, she loves it. And I know that's what she loves. So just that $20 scooter is her prized possession still. And she still rides it around everywhere and shows it off and talks about how it lights up. And like, it was $20. We could have gotten her nothing else and she would have been very, very happy. So even small things can bring a lot of joy and just knowing the people that you're giving gifts to is is really important. I think with the, yeah, with the young kids, as I've learned as well, we're a year behind you in terms of age for our children, but yeah, any little thing, even just opening the package is half the fun. I remember my mom telling me once um, that they would literally just wrap empty boxes for my brother to open because he, one one year, I think he was probably two years old, 
he didn't even care about what was inside. He just liked tearing open the boxes and then he'd like throw the toy aside and then go to another box to tear it open. So they just decided to start wrapping empty boxes for him. And at one point, I think maybe when I was in high school, she mentioned how she missed the days where she could buy us $1 action figures and uh, for, for the holidays. And then we'd be happy. And now it's, you know, we want a PlayStation or an Xbox or, or a new bike or a car you know, something that they're probably not going to buy us or they don't want to spend several hundred dollars on a gift. So, And um, if you yeah. set those expectations low, maybe when they get to the point where they're teenagers, they're not quite as demanding. But obviously, as kids get a little bit older, they get a little more savvy. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, as we get older, the experiences matter more than the material gifts. You know, when you're a little kid, you can have a lot of fun with a $1 action figure and it's okay if you don't use it for very long because it was only a dollar. It's not like mm-hmm. it's a big waste of money, but as you get older, you start to value those experiences more. And, you know, we're, I was trying to think of stories um, since this is a financial planning yeah. podcast and yeah. now video cast um, of a gift, you know, a few years back, you know, maybe a little more than a few, five years or so, but when Book of Mormon was the hottest play on Broadway, and it was the first time that it was coming to Portland on the road, and tickets were, were near impossible to get, and I remember when I first saw that it was coming, I called the box office and and was asking them ways to get tickets, and they said, well, group ticket sales are going on in like June or something, which was seven months before the actual play, um, and there's going to be a limited number of individual tickets released. So I'm like, shoot, well, if I want to, everyone in my family wants to go, if I want to get tickets for everyone, I'll probably have to buy group tickets, but it's a minimum of 15. So, I, you know, once they became available, I, you know, I, I, for group sales, I, I went to the box office and ended up buying 30 tickets between two different shows. And the prices were pretty reasonable per ticket. And my strategy here was, well, Let's sell all the excess ones on StubHub because I can probably, at the very least, you know, get my money back if not make a couple bucks because it literally was the hottest play at the time. Yeah. And you know, I ended up having no problem selling them, and most of them were I sold for about three to four times what we actually paid. So in the, when it was all said and done, everyone in my family got to go see Book of Mormon, and uh, I ended up making money in the process. It didn't cost me anything. So there are some some fun strategies that you can employ to try and make it as financially cost effective as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't you know you can't do that always. I've noticed that the the ticket offices here for those popular plays have become more savvy with their strategies. Like yeah. when when Hamilton came to town, they priced to market like you could not resell those for more than what they were pricing them for they weren't allowing group sales either but i think after their initial wave of sales they actually had to reduce the price to sell the remaining tickets because they were pricing some of them so high i didn't even know that yeah yeah and then um i just bought tickets for dear evan hansen i guess that's the most recent one that's won all the tony awards that my mom really wants to go see so i'm taking her to that next month maybe it's in february late January, early February, somewhere around there. But anyways, um, they uh, it was pretty easy to get tickets through the pre-sale, but the tickets are all mobile delivery and delivered to you day of the show. Oh, so you or, literally can't resell them. Yeah, or they're at will call. So, I mean, I guess if you're using the 
you know, StubHub or SeatGeek app, you could potentially flip it within, you know, a couple hours of the show, but highly unlikely you're going to be able to do that with much success. So they've, they've thought of all the, the tips and tricks to, yeah. to price out or to, to help keep the ticket scalpers out of the, uh, the Broadway show industry here in Portland. But, um, but I think yeah. that's kind of an important point too, is just that when you are able to think ahead and buy some of your presents ahead of time, that helps with finances too, because you're kind of spreading out your costs throughout the year instead mm -hmm. of just getting to, you know, Black Friday, end of November, and having to buy a whole bunch of presents between that and Christmas. Like that, that can be pretty financially stressful for people. And also, like if you're traveling for the holidays, then that's probably when you're going to need to start booking travel too. So a lot of those expenses can stack up and it can be really helpful if you're able to think a little bit ahead of time. And I think the gifts end up being more thoughtful and better as well. And, and you probably end up getting some better prices potentially too. I know the Black Friday sales always appear to be attractive, but you're not always actually getting a great price. They just mark stuff up to mark it back down with the sale. Mm -hmm. um, and I know th there have been studies done of people that wait till the last minute versus space stuff out, not just for gift giving, but, you know, for academics. I think there was one done at MIT, I want to say. I'm not 100% clear on all the details, but it was something along the lines of a professor had, you know, the, he was teaching a certain subject and had multiple classes. And one class, you know, he said, you have three assignments. They're all due at equal intervals throughout the semester. Another class, he said, you can turn them in at any point in time. You just have to turn them in by the end of the semester. Most of the students in the um, class that had all semester to turn them in waited till the last minute to get everything done. And the quality of the assignment was much poorer than those who were spaced out throughout the semester. Yeah. So I know it's hard to do. We work really well with deadlines and often push things until the last possible minute to get it done. But if you can self-impose some deadlines, you'll definitely be able to hopefully get some some better gifts and, and not be scrambling scrambling around fighting traffic and waiting in lines on December 23rd to to buy some stuff which is often right. and that's like I, that's stressful not just because of the finances that's stressful for so many reasons just yes you know what if you can't think of something for someone what if they don't like it and like if you are able to think about it a little bit ahead of time and at least be prepared you can put it out of your mind if they don't like it whatever but at least you you put in some thought. The other thing is that I think the expectation that we give gifts all the time is maybe a little misplaced. Like there are some situations where, you know, I have family members that I know they buy everything that they want or need. And so those are people that are very difficult to shop for. Yeah, like Corey, you don't need anything. <laughs> those people are so hard to shop for. And I've actually resorted to a couple of times to like making donations to charities on their behalf. Like if you know they have a cause that's near and dear to their heart and you know they also literally do not need anything, then that's a good place to start. And, and that can be a very thoughtful gift as well. There, I mean, you have to kind of know your audience. Some people would appreciate that and some people not so much, but there are other things that you can do to minimize the amount of resources and money that you're wasting. Because if you give one of those people something and they don't really need it, like what if they just don't use it? That's a bummer. That's not something you want to be taking part in really. Yeah, or just give your time. Like say, hey, 
yeah. grandma for the holidays this year. Yeah, how about I spend a day with you and we go, you know, bake a cake, have a picnic, play cards, you know, whatever your favorite activities are. And, and that would be, you know, I'm sure they would love that a lot more than getting them a vase of flowers or, or something. That, right. That, or go to a show, like you said. Yeah. That's a great one. I think yeah. people love that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So um, what about some you know, other tips and, and tricks and strategies for for this time of year? Yeah, I think when you're shopping, it's really easy to get caught up in sales and get really excited about saving money. But I think it's very important that people are still thinking of it as what it is, which is spending money. You're not just saving money, you are also spending money. So if you find something and you're very excited because it's $200 off and now it's only $400, like is that something that you wanted to buy in the first place? Is that something that's actually worth $400 to you? Because the $400 that you're spending is much more important than the $200 that you are quote unquote saving. Like that's, that's not real money, the $400 is. And my favorite is spending more so you can get the free shipping. You know, you're, yeah. you're buying a $50 item, but if you spend over $99, it's free shipping. So you start searching the site for other stuff that you don't really need, mm -hmm. but you think you might use or want just so you can save $6 in shipping costs. And uh, my language. Know, they're smart. They, they know how to get you. They know we hate paying for shipping. Why can't it just be free? Yeah. Amazon Prime, everything. But um but yeah, it, it's a great business strategy. But remember, you're you're not saving the six dollars; you're spending an extra fifty, so that you don't have to pay six dollars in yeah. shipping. You're you're losing forty four in the end of it. Maybe you're finding something that you'll value and use, but um, yeah. odds are you're you're buying something that you don't need just to avoid a six dollar fee. Right. Yeah, I mean, if it's something that you know, like with gifts, like, okay, you you know exactly kind of what you want to do and how much you want to spend. So it's easier if you're if you have those limits in your mind um, and then going beyond that is probably not necessary. Um, yeah, but also like when you're shopping for yourself in those situations, which I know a lot of us do and those big sales, it's not just presents that we're buying. And just keep in mind, like, did you actually want this before? Or is someone incentivizing you to buy it? Like, is it something you already wanted? And if so, then maybe it makes sense to buy it while it's on sale. But if it's just something new and yeah, you probably don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. What about some, I know you have some good rules of thumb for giving gifts to children. Yeah, I, I like the idea of not loading up the tree with a million presents and this is, sort of a contentious point, like with me and, and my in-laws a little bit, but, <laughs> but generally speaking, I don't want more than a handful of presents under the tree for my daughter, just because I don't want that for her to be what Christmas is all about. So I like the idea of buying like something that they want, because obviously they want a little something, something that they need that you would have bought for them anyway, so that's where that comes in. Maybe something that they can wear and then something they can read. So maybe we have four presents and just, like simple things that you want them to have anyway. Um, and if you put some wrapping paper on it, it makes it that much more exciting. Yeah. I like that. You know, we're, every year we say no more toys. We have too many toys in our house. Mm -hmm. And then we end up buying toys and grandparents buy toys and we got way too many toys. And, uh, but yeah, I like the, the stuff that you need 
wrap that up. They need, they grow like weeds. You need to yeah. buy new clothes constantly yeah. because they keep growing out of their stuff. So let's just buy some clothes and wrap them up and they'll have more fun unwrapping them. Even if they, like when you get older, a, a new socks, I, well, I guess once you get like our age, new socks are great. But when you're in say <laughs> middle school, you don't want new socks. That's lame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at their age, they don't care, you know, a three or four year old, they just want to open the box and it's cool. And yeah. as long as there's a couple of toys in there that they can be entertained by, then they're all set. So yeah. And then reading, I think I like, that's a good one. Well, it's something you can read. Yeah. Because I feel like I buy books a lot anyway, or, you know, we go to the library a lot, but if they, if she has one that she gets to keep, like that's special to her. And then one other thing is that I feel like with the wearing thing, like kids love shoes for some reason. I don't know yeah. what it is, <laughs> but that's definitely what I lean towards for like the wearing thing, like shoes or or something special that maybe she wouldn't have gotten anyway, like like a robe or something like that, like something really cute and cuddly and kind of Christmassy anyway. But yeah. there's so many fun things you can get for little kids. Yeah, it's easier when they're little because it is a lot less expensive. Um, yeah. So... And then one other thing that we do with my family, like I come from a very large family. So if I, like if all of us tried to buy presents for every single one of us, it would just be ridiculous. It would be crazy. (laughs) So we actually do a gift exchange with my family, um, which is really fun and we really enjoy it. And it, it limits things. So you do less shopping and you also have less stuff to take home at the end of the day. And I'm definitely a person that tries to avoid clutter and unnecessary stuff at home as much as possible but I'm just thinking mental math because you're what one of 11 kids right yeah, like true. if you if everyone bought a gift for each other and the parents it's the like parents. 150 gifts to go around for everybody and, and then that so doesn't even count kids and and whatnot yeah yeah uh, and there's like yeah there's kids Coletta's cousins like it would it would be insane yeah doing the, like a white elephant or a gift exchange or hey everyone just yeah. bring some communal thing that we can all yeah. get together or share. Yeah, or something. sometimes we like go together and like get things for our parents and things like that. So group gifts can be really nice too. Oh, like yeah. That's another thing that, that people do sometimes and we do sometimes. Um, and what we do, the gift exchange is a white elephant. So that's really fun because yeah. you just get quite a mixture of things and yeah. <laughs> it can be really good. But. Yeah, I do like the group gifts because I feel like having one big gift for lack of a better term or, or, you know, fancier, more expensive, meaningful, et cetera, gift would be better than a whole bunch of stocking stuffers that Mm -hmm. are kind of useless. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that's a a good strategy to, to let's buy something of of high quality, good meaning, et cetera, go in on it together. Less is more. And um, rather than just buy a bunch of little things. So. Cool. I don't well, know. I feel like the one other thing that I, on? uh, well, travel, I think yeah. that's something that comes up a lot around the holidays and can stress people out for finances. And I think with that one, it's to each their own. Like some people really, they want to spend the holidays with their family. And I think that makes a lot of sense. But for some other people, it's stressful. And like you're doing it because there's an expectation that you do it. And maybe you would prefer to be at home with your immediate family and if that's the case, I mean, that might be a hard conversation to have, but embrace it. Like, just do what's going to make you happy over the holidays. And you also don't have to stick to the the typical 
calendar. Like I know yeah. some people celebrate Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever, a different time right. of year. Like they'll get together in January. Right. You know, not as crazy of a travel schedule, but everyone can come in and we can have a more low key deal, not fight the masses at the airport. And it's um, more expensive to travel on the holidays. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So if you do it like on an off day, it's going to be less expensive for you. Yeah. We have some other friends who celebrate Thanksgiving, usually in late October, early November, I think with their mm -hmm. family, they have some family in California, but everyone just finds one place that, you know, they'll rotate where they go, but let's all meet up first week of November instead of the week of Thanksgiving where it's crazy. So yeah. you could also just put your foot down and, and be a Scrooge and say, yep, we're not coming to visit. We don't care if you're yeah. mad at us. Or maybe it's like to deal with it. do this every other year and every other year we're going to stay at home. You know, like there's, there's compromises to be made. Yeah. I think it's almost more challenging when your families are all, local within a short driving distance because then there's almost an expectation to visit everyone and especially yeah. if you have parents who are separated like I know my uh, my sister-in-law um, her parents divorced when she was really young so whenever my brother and, and her come down from Seattle everyone lives close by so they've got three separate houses that they're they need to bounce around to um, and, and it's just craziness and stressful and and, and uh we've like we kind of done the same both of our parents live live nearby so it's like all right one day we're going to be at your house another day we're going to be at your house we're not going to do the back and forth all on the same day to try and appease everyone so mm -hmm. and we're also going to like do our own family tradition ourselves without a massive crowd so. yeah yeah but i mean each their own Yep, exactly. I think with a, a young family, you kind of are just starting to figure that out, but maybe it's better to set those expectations early too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I know we want to keep this one a little bit shorter with everyone being busy around the holidays, but check out the uh, the video version. If you're listening to the audio, you can see my ugly sweater and, and hat and Rochelle's reindeer antlers that she's wearing. Um, we're going to try and get more and more of these out in video format. Uh, so you'll be able to to, to see our faces and, and our guests' faces as well, and uh, be able to push some some shorter clips out on social media and whatnot. But reach out to us if you have questions or ideas or thoughts for future episodes or comments. Always happy to hear your feedback, and happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays, everyone. Thank you for listening. We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at thefinitygroup.com or by following Finity Group on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Finity Group LLC. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Janoff CFP or on LinkedIn under my name, Corey Janoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Rochelle Finance or on LinkedIn as well. Check out all the podcast episodes on thefinitygroup.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to check out our blog, thefinitygroup.com slash blog. Thanks for listening to this episode of Financial Clarity for Doctors by Affinity Group, LLC.